Richie Tozer's mouth didn't just like trash, it also liked dick. This is... Oh, no. It's spoilers. This is Savage. <laughs> it took me way too long to think of that. I'm going to become embarrassed. But hey, welcome to Spoilers. It Chapter 2 edition follow-up to our It podcast almost two years ago. I'm your host, Pappy, recording from Louisville, Colorado. Let's introduce our other hosts. Um, let's say who you are, where you're recording from, and what your relationship is with the It franchise at this point. Did you like the first movie? Uh, have you seen the miniseries? Have you read the book? Uh, Etc. cetera. Uh, let's start with a uh, special guest, uh, Corey from Big Dumb Movie. Uh, hey, Corey, welcome back. Kyle Run Me. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, my name's Corey. I'm reporting from Simi Valley, California. Oh, Nice. And uh, let's see, I was a big fan of the It miniseries. I read the book a couple years ago as well, um, but I'd say that was uh, a big movie of my childhood. I definitely liked it a lot, the miniseries that is. So I was a fan, but, you know, it obviously doesn't hold up very well. And the second part of it is basically unwatchable. So <laughs> there's that. Did you? How do you feel? If you, I know, I also read uh, the book a couple years ago. I don't remember a lot of it, but uh, how do you feel about the child orgy not making an appearance in it, Chapter Two? I I know uh, Brett would have been disappointed, but how did you feel about it? <laughs> uh, you know, some things are best left in the uh, cocaine-induced <laughs> books of Stephen King and not on screen. That's definitely one of them. All right. Well, uh, next up. Pat, uh, PK, a normal superhero correspondent, but coming on for it. Give us your info. Oh, all right. So my past is I remember being terrified of the cover art as a child. And, uh, <laughs> of the book or of the... Of the, the miniseries, okay. seeing Tim Curry up there. Um, I, I, I loved the part one from like two years ago. Saw it in, uh, when I was living out in LA. I'm in South Bend, Indiana now. Uh, saw it at the Hollywood Arclight packed theater. It was freaking awesome. Um, so I went and tried to read the book, but it was just way too long. Even had the audiobook, <laughs> and it's like 44 hours long. Um, so I loved the, the part one. I was pretty excited for this one. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Well, not only was the book long, this movie is pretty fucking long, too. Uh, but we'll talk about Jeez. that. But, Stevie, you just got out of this super long movie. I just got out of it. That was a super long movie. But, I mean, the good news is it didn't feel as long as Avengers did, so there's that. Whoa, whoa. But, um, yeah, Avengers felt super long. Easy there. You got your superhero correspondent here. <laughs> I know. It just felt so damn long. Um <laughs> Certainly gripe with that movie. This is Stevie recording from Elkhart. Um, I saw like the mini series as a kid and it absolutely terrified me. I don't know why. I tried watching it a few years ago before the part one came out and I was like, I don't have any idea why I was scared of the, you know, this mini series or Pennywise because it just doesn't hold up as much as I love Tim Curry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I would like to read the books. I love Stephen King. As an author, it's just um, kind of with you guys. That book seems really thick and really daunting. It goes into way too much detail. What's your favorite Stephen King book? My favorite Stephen King book? Uh, probably Revival. That came out like in 2013, 2014, I Such think. Such a hipster pick. I like it. 
What do you mean it's a hipster pick? I mean, it has a decent ending. Well, that's that's a funny that uh, you bring that up because okay, uh, as a Stephen King fan, Stevie, let's get into it. How did you feel about uh, Bill, like the writer, and like that kind of like inside joke with Stephen King that he can't finish a book? I didn't mind it. I mean. It was prevalent, like, in the first, like, hour, hour and a half or so, but, I mean, I think it was a kind of, like, a funny, like, tip to the hat to Steven, especially because this is, like, his art that they're recreating. Okay, so is that a common thing with Stephen King books or movies? Like, a lot 110%. of... 110%. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know if that was, like, for all his books or if that was, like, for it specifically. See, I thought they were just referencing the miniseries in which the second half is just really bad. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> It's all his books, right? Like, that's a thing. That's kind of like a meme that he doesn't know how to finish his story. He'll spend like 400 pages telling you about like the town background. And then the last 50 is just nothing but nonstop action. And it really, he has trouble ending quite a few of his books, actually. Well, speaking of uh, stuttering Bill, the writer, PK, normal superhero correspondent, how do you feel about James McAvoy? Uh, guy has been a couple of superhero movies that we've done on this podcast. Who's who's James McAvoy? I saw uh, Professor Xavier out there walking around <laughs> with some, some hair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I can respect both. <laughs> um, I thought he was great. You know, I think having him as as Bill was good because seeing him in Split, you know, going through all those different personalities, like he can handle the stuttering like really well. So I thought that was cool, and seeing his his battle of of guilt trying to get over feeling guilty of the death of Georgie and that whole thing play out with him and, and seeing Georgie again in the same like basement and you that little kid who plays Georgie died. is so, oh, that line is so intense. <laughs> the trailer is so good with that. But um, yeah, I thought, I thought uh, James McAvoy killed it. Yeah. He's pretty good. And I didn't really know how to go through this movie. I kind of want to start by just at least touching on all the cast members because, like, that's the way... The casting's incredible. Well, the casting is great, but even, like, by the nature of the story, and, and Corey, I think you can attest to this, too, like, this movie is very, um... I don't know. It's kind of, like, side quests for each of the characters. Like, one, like, n- not episodic, but almost just, like... It, the narrative bounces around between the characters and they kind of have to do a lot of the same stuff like assemble the crew or find their like little MacGuffin thing you know what I mean yeah there's a lot of that going on um, speaking of the cast there's a there's something I wanted to touch on because I actually noticed this and I might be the only person that did um, when we're getting introduced to them and we get uh, Ben's part it shows like uh, a room and there's like a board meeting going on and you see it like an overweight guy and you think it's Ben <laughs> but Ben is actually Skyping in. The guy that is the overweight guy that you are misdirected on, that is, you think is Ben, is the actor that played young Ben in the miniseries. What? Any of you guys catch that? Really? That's pretty cool. Yeah, I watched that a lot, so. <laughs> you just recognize his face. Awesome. I know that face. If I saw that guy on the street. I know that guy. <laughs> Well, what did you, Stevie? We talked about this before the podcast, but Corey, what did you think of uh, Ben's glam up? I thought it was a little bit too much, to to be honest. I think his character is that he's an attractive man that likes Bev. Mm-hmm. Now he's got to be the most boring one of the bunch. Him or Mike? There's not a lot to Ben. I don't think. Um, I thought it was kind of funny that Pennywise was carving in his abs. Yeah, I was like, I was like, damn, his twelve yeah. pack that it didn't have to oh, show. He had, a, he had a Kylo Ren eight pack for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, you, you touched on Mike too. Um, 
Mike is the the guy from the first movie, and then like they changed it up where he's like the one who's into the library and looking up stuff on the town in the book, but they gave that to Ben in chapter one. But now he's the guy who's cool with like the native people of Maine, and that's how he finds out about all that stuff. Is that is that in the movie or is that in the book, Corey? I forget. Uh, the way I remember it in the book is they don't actually interact with Native Americans, but the kids do a lot of reading on the subject of like demons, and they're trying to figure out a way to beat Pennywise. They do have a semi-Native American type ritual where they uh, like. They go into their little clubhouse, which is underground, and they all, like, inhale smoke, and, like, one of them hallucinates, and that's how they uh, come up with where Pennywise came from. And they do a little bit more reading on the ritual of Chud, which is another, like, I believe it's a Native American thing they found in a book. So that's the way I remember it. I might be missing something on that, but... So was he the town Was he the town crazy in the book? In fact, that's how he came off in this movie. Is like, oh, Mike, the town crazy person. I think there was hints of that. He worked at a library, and like his parents had a way cooler backstory in the book too, if I remember. Like they were in some like all black speakeasy or something, and it got like burned down, I think, or set on fire. But that was also part of like a Pennywise thing. And this one, and like his his whole parents' backstory is kind of like brushed over with like a newspaper clipping. I don't even remember what it said. Um, or why they got killed. Speaking of, Stevie, how did you feel about the opening part? The the very opening scene. I know there's some more characters you have to touch on, but like a lot of people are saying that was a little bit too over the top or violent. Um, I believe that scene was from the book, though. It definitely it's was. It's the very first chapter. Yeah. yeah. Dude, this is a long movie. I forget. What was the first scene? Even though I'm just fresh off it. What was the first scene? <laughs> the hate crime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a bit much. I mean, I don't think they had to show, like, especially, like, I understand it's 2016, but, like, I'd have to think Maine is a little more progressive at this point than just townspeople going up to kill gay people over, you know, a night of the carnival. I think that's part of it, though. Um, it's kind of like, you know, it shows it's not just the town itself that's fucked up. It's like the people that live there are also really fucked up, you know? I mean, it was pretty gruesome to watch, especially when that dude's just getting his head bashed in. Mm. Um, but I did find, like, the Pennywise reveal pretty terrifying when he just eats his heart, like, right in front of that dude. That was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome, but you're right. It is. It was a tad over the top and the, shocking. I mean, the reason that I say that is that, from a tone perspective, I had some problems with this movie. I feel like it was a little bit all over the place. Like, I've talked about this in a lot of other movies, that some of, like, the dramatic scenes are undercut by, like, forced jokes which a lot of them come from uh bill Hader, who i think gave a pretty good performance as richie uh we alluded to him in the opening spoilers being uh, gay but uh <laughs> cory what'd you think of him in this movie i uh, i think he was one of the bright spots of the movie uh the comedy in the film is something i liked a lot and, you know he's the primary comedic relief so he delivers a lot of it there's a part that we'll probably talk about later on with uh involving three doors that i liked a lot <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. You, you, if you remember that scene, let's go ahead and break it down. Yeah. Okay, so the way I remember it is it's Eddie and Bill, and they're running from Pennywise, and this is deep into the very long final act. And they're kind of having a illusionary battle of sorts with Pennywise, and they're running from something, and they, they stop at a dead end in which there's three doors. One of them is not scary at all, one of them is scary, and one of them is very scary. They all have these labels on them. 
And it's, it's just kind of funny when they're trying to work out which one to go through. Like, should we go through not scary at all? Or no, that's too obvious. We should go through the very scary one. But eventually they land on the not scary at all. And when they open the door, they see a little very cute Pomeranian dog sitting there. <laughs> this dog has papers, I assume, right? Pomeranian. <laughs> anyway, they, they see the dog and... Uh, I don't know if this happened for you guys, but they say sit, and it does sit, and everyone in my theater said, aww. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yes, yeah, that yeah. happened in my theater. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, I mean, until the dog transforms into, like, a monstrous beast, but, you know. You talked about Eddie there. I thought, what's his, his last name? James Ransone? Uh, Something like that. I thought he was awesome in this movie. He was cracking me up, but I do want to talk about... One of the most uh, bizarre editing choices I've seen in a movie, especially for this podcast since Carrie, uh, when that one scene was sped up. And that was the Angel of the Morning puke scene. Um, Does anybody remember that? It did seem to come out of left field. It was so random. And it... Yeah. It didn't seem to hold a very big purpose, especially because it wasn't like a callback to anything. It it was just kind of out of nowhere. That's like an edit I would make, you know? Like, I would take this movie, and I would edit that particular song into that moment as a joke. It felt like a Deadpool joke, or like, I don't know, I just didn't, like, or a Family Guy joke. Like, there's nothing else in this whole franchise of two movies like that at all. And it didn't puke Mm -hmm. everywhere. But speaking of the editing real quick, so this movie had some super freaking cool transitions. There was one from, I think it was... I can't remember what character it was going from, but it was from that character to Stanley. And it was like oh, a with star. the puzzles? And then it zooms in and yeah, it turns into a like going into a puzzle. And that was so fucking cool. And then there was another one, I think, with like Eddie and it showed him as a, like the adult Eddie getting a, like his prescription. And it faded in <laughs> with the little kid walking behind him. Then it like matched up perfectly with his face. That was so mm. cool. Mm. Oh, yeah. But I, I love, like, filmmaking, so I was like, every time I saw something like that, I was like, oh, so cool. <laughs> Steve, we talked about its length in, in a little bit already, but, like, this is the first movie since A Bug's Life where I took a bathroom break <laughs> in the history of going to movies. Why'd you take a bathroom I took break? It when they would go back to the house. I wasn't bored at all during real this quick. movie. I mean, it was a super quick bathroom break. I ran, but... I don't know. I really, really had to go. (laughs) But but how did you feel? We talked a little bit about the kid cast there, uh, or the the cast of kids making some flashbacks. I mean, is there any part of this movie that that you would cut, Stevie, or or anybody else? Like, or was the length justified? Um, I... (sighs) I would have cut out like the second or third kiss that uh, Beverly and Bill had at the bottom of the staircase. Um, I feel like that could have been cut as well as trying to think of a few other parts. There were a few other parts that seemed to kind of drag. You could just you, they just could have uh, transitioned it differently. But I mean, as far as like whole scenes or anything, I thought all it it all just kind of blended well. I mean, honestly, together, if together it wasn't for well. fan service, I think the Stephen King bike shop scene could go. To be honest. Yeah. Because it's just, just them talking about the shitty endings of the book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could literally achieve the same effect by having like Bill walking outside the bike shop, seeing his bike, and then the next cut is him riding it. You know what I mean? And that's it. Exactly. Five or ten minutes I don't know. Like I kind of like the idea that like after years and years of abusing cocaine, Stephen King... <laughs> He has to work at an antique shop. <laughs> Dude, Stephen King Tries is so kids. rich, though. He's like a billionaire, isn't he? Or is he close? Oh, shit. I didn't know. Someone... Probably. 
I mean, he he pumps out a book a week. He has to be making a close to a billion. I'm going to Google point. his net worth here in a second. But uh, PK, uh, we, I mentioned how some of the parts are repetitive, but like the gang, we assemble the crew. Uh, we have the scene at the Chinese shop, but then the gang has to go get like a token of something that they remember or something like that. Something that they need to destroy in the mm-hmm. ritual of Chud. Did you have any of those scenes um, th- that stood out to you? Um, and there's one more cast member we haven't talked about too, uh, Beverly Marsh, Jessica Chastain. Uh, but well, I can talk about that one because yeah. uh, the giant old lady's titties were the probably the scariest thing in the whole movie. <laughs> um, Bags. But yeah, I mean Jessica Chastain. It was it was funny because I actually watched Dark Phoenix the morning I went to see this. So like James McAvoy and Jessica Chastain both, but uh, she was great. Um, but I think the the Bill Hader scene was the most memorable with just cause it was like broad daylight and you see, uh, what is it? Paul Bunyan, giant Paul Bunyan come out of nowhere. And I, I watched an interview where, uh, director Andy Muschietti or whatever, he said that he was on the fence about putting that in there. And then Stephen King, or, uh, he said he specifically wanted that to be in there. So I thought that was kind of cool. But did you guys notice like the de-aging of the kids? No. I did at parts. Yeah, there was one part when I noticed it in Eddie. I was looking for it too, but it I was didn't. I didn't know seamless. about it going into it, and I noticed it in like the clubhouse where they're all like underground. I was like, man, Ben, his face looks kind of weird, and his voice sounded weird. And then yeah, that going, and the ADR didn't match up very going, well. Going going back, they yeah they they de-aged like Mike and uh, or not Mike. That's Stranger Things. Richie <laughs> and like a, the kids a lot, and they kind of like changed the pitch of their voices because they grew so much between the movies but mm-hmm. it wasn't too noticeable but there was for a second there i was like wait a minute something's off pappy you were talking a minute ago about the introduction of bev and i mean we didn't touch on it too much but you know she lives with her husband and they have this mm-hmm. big estate they have a business and all that did you guys notice that big ostentatious like portrait they have of bev and her husband yeah Yeah. it looks like fucking like vigo the carpathian or something you know (laughs) that That thing really caught my eye that and her like rolodex of shoes i thought were pretty uh memorable pretty fancy yeah bev did uh did you like that scene with the paul bunyan because i Corey, because that's from the book but to me that was just I didn't like the CGI actually in that scene. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah I wasn't huge into it either. It was just like it stood out to me for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in this movie, there's a few scenes that I think are effectively scary, and then there's a few that I think are stupid. That's one of the ones in the stupid category for me. Which ones did you think were scary? Yeah. Uh, well, there's a really good scene at a little league game where oh, a little man. girl she uh she sees a firefly and she's sitting on the bleachers with her family and she kind of like chases it away and she goes under the bleachers to this little dark corner and of course pennywise is down there and this scene i think builds up a lot of tension and it ends with like a i don't know a really violent moment it's like the georgie scene on steroids absolutely i had a yeah i mean go ahead go ahead Uh, i just had a bone to pick with that scene because like do you guys have the newbie commercials before your movies with Maria Sometimes, Menounos. yeah. Yeah, subscribe mm-hmm. to your newsletter. Yeah, they had a... <laughs> they had a... Uh, like a, a newbie arcade game special for it, but it was literally that scene, including the exact, like, jump scare with Pennywise's hands, like, coming shut. You know what I mean? Like, after she wow. walks up to it. So, like, 
They spoiled that scene right before the movie started in a fucking newbie arcade ad. I was so pissed. Oh, wow. Is that scene in the book? I don't think so. I don't remember that scene. Oh. Um, another scene I thought was effectively scary uh, actually was the Bill in the funhouse scene. Any guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's another one they ruined in the trailer. But they they drew it out more in the movie, which I thought was cool with the whole head banging across the glass. And the end of it was really cool after he, you just see him bite the kid in a blood spray. And then, like, the lighting in the <laughs> mirror house changes and, like, you just see his reflection. That was really cool, too. Yeah, when I saw the trailer, I thought for sure that Bill was going to save that kid. And the fact that he ended, but he ended up not saving him and the kid died a pretty violent and sudden death was... It was intense, man. Oh, they, yeah. They don't hold back in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't show Pennywise, like, too much besides his final form. But, yeah, when he's on there, he's he's pretty brutal. Well, speaking of his final form, uh, we tossed around a spoiler about him being a gazebo uh, in the final scene. But what, <laughs> what, uh, Stevie, you just came off a three-hour movie. What did you think about, like, the very last act, like, the the conclusion and then the denouement with uh what's his name who we haven't talked about stanley sending a suicide postcard to the guys well i love the last scene in like the giant cavern especially when pennywise is a giant spider because or whatever he is because i hate anything with legs that crawl especially why like when stanley's head did like the the (laughs) thing from john (laughs) carpenter and grew all the spider legs and started crawling around and you're right, there were some like deadpan like comedic moments, especially when Richie looks in the fridge and sees him and he goes, oh, it's just Stan. <laughs> I have to laugh at little stuff like that because, I mean, but I did like the big sh- kind of final boss showdown at the end, especially when he's huge and chasing me around like that, whatever that cavern was. Because um, it was pretty intense and quite scary, especially with the lighting effects that they did. Um, but... The only thing I didn't like was how CGI'd Pennywise was, I guess, just for the fact that it kind of took me out of it, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I'm with you there, man. I mean, it was a lot of CGI. Yeah. A lot, a lot of... What do you think, Pappy? Oh, I yeah, I didn't like the last scene at all. I didn't think it was very scary. I mean, <laughs> I thought the CGI was a little bit silly, like, and when uh, Richie uh is getting like lifted up by like the the death ray of pennywise's mouth or whatever i just wasn't i wasn't impressed with it but i loved that part though where he he just goes from full-on yippee-ki-yay mother <laughs> and he just dropped <laughs> oh that's that's such good acting by bill Hader. yeah me too i really like the sound effect too like you just mimicked but yeah that part was kind of intense for me i i thought that that moment was good at least so in the book what do you see with the deadlights uh i don't remember i don't remember either happy you got anything no i don't remember either i I read it two years ago uh i thought it is a spider beverly sees everybody die when she sees it in the first movie I know that when Who they knows? do the ritual of Chud, it's it's a battle of wills, and it's it, it's kind of like it is in the movie. It's a lot of like illusions of them like kind of like flying through space. I remember some of that, uh, but I don't remember exactly what the deadlights do. What about uh, the uh, letter from the grave from Stan? Did that did that guy hit that hit you in the feels at all? I thought the music was pretty good during that scene. It was like this like optimistic yet kind of sad music but um i thought it was a strange note it 
it had a lot of endings and it kept going when I, <laughs> when I thought it was going to end. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I mean, I think what got me more in the feels was Bill Hader when he started crying in the when they were on the like the quarry or whatever. Because um, do you guys watch Barry on HBO? Yes. Mm-mm. Anybody listening to this after this episode, go watch Barry. It's incredible. It's probably the best show on TV right now. But like going into it, I like they were talking about Bill Hader having an Oscar worthy performance. I was like, that's old news. He's had Emmy worthy performances in Barry. <laughs> dude, this dude's incredible. Um, but I thought I could. I kind of related the ending to Avengers Endgame because it it was weird, like getting in your feels at the end of a movie about a clown or child eating clown, like. But the whole letter thing, that kind of reminded me of Stranger Things, too, with... Spoiler alert, have you guys seen Stranger Things, season three? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with the whole Hopper, how they... After he, quote-unquote, dies, he reads this letter and it shows everybody moving on. It's it's kind of like the same deal, but I thought it was good. Well, I mean, it, it reminds me a lot of Avengers Endgame, too, in the sense that it's, like, kind of closing out a big franchise. This, this mm-hmm. made a shit ton of money like Endgame did. I'm looking at, like, $90 million uh, for an opening weekend. So not as much as the first, um, but still pretty good for Warner Brothers. Um, also, like Avengers Endgame, I mean, it's just a long and epic movie, and, and we skipped over a lot of scenes. But before we get into yes or no's, are, are there any scenes that you guys want to bring up or talk about? I wanted to hear what Stevie thinks about Henry Bowers being... Uh, like his moments in the talk of him. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I feel like he wasn't like a super effective part of the movie at all. It's like they kind of gave him this grand entrance, like, okay, he's going to be a big part now. And literally thirty minutes later, he has a knife in his head and, it's, and he's done. Um, Tomahawk. Yeah, I didn't understand like if they were going to use him in that way. Why even include him besides for jump scares and comedic effects? And he was getting driven around well, by a dead guy. That was kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, and they never brought up the dead guy again. It, it just seems like, okay, either go all in or don't go at all for the fact that, like, they sparingly used him and he really wasn't effective at all outside of a jump scare. Like, that I didn't like about this movie. Yeah, Henry Bowers. I mean, that's kind of one nerfed. thing I, I liked about, like, kind of, like, even the miniseries when he's talking to the, talking to the moon. It's like, at least it was somewhat interesting and he had a bigger role to play. Corey, you're a big fan of the miniseries. You saying Henry Bowers was nerfed compared to that? <laughs> well, not compared to the old Henry Bowers in the miniseries, but definitely compared to young Henry Bowers. Young Henry Bowers is like a, a very threatening force. He's a psychopath. Old Henry Bowers is like just like a crazy old man that you can just like kind of like you know push away. <laughs> He's uh, yeah. I thought he was. Mm, not good. I did like that scene though when after Eddie stabs him, he goes, "Cut your mullet." It's been thirty years. <laughs> he had some, yeah, that guy was. He had some good comedic timing. Yes. Any other? Uh, so this. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Any other final thoughts? I was gonna say. So this doesn't take place in 2019. It takes place in 2016, right? It shows that. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't think I ever. Sh- I think it just says 27 years later. It shows on um, his memorial paper in Richie's memorial paper. It's like 1970-something to 2016. Uh, Hmm. Yeah. Should have been more. Pokemon Go playing (laughs) if it was 2016. (laughs) It's an excellent point. Everyone's just wandering around like all these hate crimes or murders are happening, trying to catch Charizard. (laughs) (laughs) It's the year of Pokemon Go. (laughs) 
All right. Uh, any other final thoughts? It's a big movie. Stevie, you got anything we didn't talk about? Um, trying to think here. The actor who played Eddie. Have you guys seen Sinister? No. The first, uh, I think I've seen it. I think he's the detective or deputy in the movie Sinister, and he's really good in that. So I'm happy he got a bigger role in this movie. That's the only thing, other, other thing I'll bring the guy up. Played Mike is the old Spice guy. I'm on a horse. Oh. That guy. Did you know that? Whoa. Really? Yeah. Damn. Go watch wow. that commercial and be like, oh shit, it is him. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now back to me. Now back at your man. Now back to me. Sadly, he isn't me. That's him. <laughs> I mean, this kind of has to do with the ending. What did you guys think about the the way that they defeated Pennywise? In the grand scheme of things, it's kind of lame, to be honest. But I mean, it makes, it's, it's, the movie's all about overcoming your fears, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of, I don't know, maybe a... It was kind of a letdown. Anticlimactic, yeah. 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 I did yeah. think he looked scariest as, like, baby baby Pennywise <laughs> slash uh, Pennywise. Emperor, Emperor Pennywise. Looked like a fucking emperor. <laughs> Little Pennywise. Um, PK, you got anything else before we get into yes or no's? No, I'm good. All right, well, go ahead and give us your yes or no then for it, chapter two. Um, I'll give it a yes. I I think chapter one as as a single movie is better, um, but it's kind of like Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame. Like I think Infinity War is better, but as a whole, it's such a good experience and like a cool cinematic experience. So I hope we can get like an it supercut where it's just it. And they can somehow edit both chapters together. Um, I think that would be really cool. Bill Hader, he's like my favorite guy in Hollywood right now. I'm really happy he's he's like he's on the roll. So go watch Barry. Um, and as a superhero correspondent, I can't help but say something about the Flash movie because that's Andy Muschietti's apparently next movie. I'm not a huge oh. fan of Justice League or the guy who played the Flash, Ezra Miller or whatever, but. I have faith in Muschietti to make a great and emotional Flash movie because we deserve one. Because the Flash is an awesome <laughs> character. <laughs> I love the so, idea of yes. the, the supercut. Call it it con the whole bloody affair and just have it be like a five-hour <laughs> movie. Yes. Uh, let's go. I'll go next. Actually, um, I'll bury my negative one in between some positives. So it's a soft no. For me, I, I was entertained by portions of this movie, but like, kind of like I touched on earlier in the in this podcast, the narrative structure by nature is just kind of like grating. And I talked about Return of the King. It's like the ending of Return of the King, but that's like the whole movie. And each like, I, I think the parts that were where the characters are together were pretty strong, but there's just too long of like assembling the crew uh then the scene in the chinese restaurants is awesome then they all split up again and have to like go get their like MacGuffin thing and it's just like the same pattern of like going into a creepy place jump scare cut to the next person uh that i just kind of got bored with it so a soft no for me um but there's still a lot of good stuff in here uh stevie why don't you go next fresh off the boat Fresh off the boat, I'll give this a solid yes. Um, I was really entertained with this movie, especially I didn't, like, it didn't feel its length at all, so that was nice. Um, 
just, I mean, I also like the comedic parts, too. If you remember in, like, the first movie, there was a lot of humor in that movie, too. Like, more humor than there was scariness. So I think it kind of structurally felt the same to me. And I'm a PK. If they make, like, a super cut of, like, one and two, like, I'll buy it in a heartbeat. So solid yes for me. And the acting was really strong from everybody, so... Last but not least, uh, Corey from Big Dumb Movie. Uh, why don't you tell us uh, also where people can uh, find your podcast because it's hilarious. It's my favorite movie podcast. And then give us your uh, yes or no for it, chapter two. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, well, you can find our podcast on iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, YouTube. It's called Big Dumb Movie. If you like spoilers, check it out. Uh, but as far as my rating, I'm going to give this one a yes. Uh, I did enjoy the film and I. I don't think I mind the length as much as you guys. I I thought the scary moments were pretty scary for the most part. I liked um, the old lady, uh, the zombie of Patrick Halstetter that's there with Henry Bowers. Uh, the human version of Pennywise I thought was pretty creepy as well when he's like painting his face and all that. Um, that and that's cool. what this is. It's a horror movie. So it, to me, I kind of got to judge it on that. And uh, was I interested in it? And I think I was. I don't like the adults as much as the kids, though. They're not as engaging for me, but uh, it's, it's not a big deal to me. I think it's pretty good all around. And I want to say, as a quick side note, when you guys did Chapter 1, Stevie said he bets $100 that Joel Holy. Edgerton or Jeremy Renner will be in this movie, and I didn't see him. Maybe I missed him. Uh, so. <laughs> man. All right, I'll we give it to my favorite charity. <laughs> I'll give it to my favorite charity. I am a spoilers historian, so. (laughs) Hey, hey, Corey, if you ever need a a superhero for a superhero movie for Big Dumb Movie Podcast, you know who to call. All right, well, we'll have you have to talk to the spoilers guys first. It's their call. I'm on under contract, you know. Superhero correspondent for hire. Uh, Corey, you got The Matrix coming out next, right, on Big Dumb Movie? Yeah, a couple days from now it should be out. All right, well, look for The Matrix coming on Big Dumb Movie. Uh, we just dropped uh, 36 Chamber of Shaolin, and then I think the next one is First Blood, uh, a Rambo movie from Money Mike. So thank you guys for listening. Ooh. Stay tuned to those other cool podcasts coming out. And that was Spoilers. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Our spoilers hotline is 903-776-4507. That's 903-SPOIL-07. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this... 1. Search for movie spoilers. 2. Click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. 3. Leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. I was going to do this whole bit where I say, like, hey, big dumb movie man here. But I was like, no, it's too stupid. (laughs) I'll get made fun of. I don't want to do it.